welcome Professor Feng Li. Thank you for joining us uh, today for this session. Uh, for the audience, uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Feng. He's from Cass Business School. And today we're going to run through uh, a report that's been created in conjunction with Slack. But uh, uh, I'll let Feng tell you more about this report. But uh, Feng, can we start with an introduction, please? Right. Uh, my name is uh, Feng Li. Uh, I'm a professor of information management at Cass Business School, as in uh, in the city. Um, the focus of my research is about using digital technologies to enable organizations to do things in new ways. Um, so this report, in collaboration with uh, Slack, is very much part of my research on using digital technologies to enable teams to work effectively and deliver exceptional results. Perfect. And I've read the report. It's fully comprehensive and it's certainly it's it's very much focused around creating high performance teams, isn't it? I mean, yeah. could you just tell me a little bit about how how and why you, you got involved in this report? Right. OK. Uh, team working is becoming very widely used today. And nearly all leading organizations use some forms of uh, team based structures. However, you know, despite over 50 years of research and experiment, we are still some way from consistently creating high performance teams. And creating high performance teams is still a hit and miss affair today. Um, there is no shortage of um, guidebooks on how to produce high uh, performance teams. They normally take a kind of a checklist approach. So these are the factors the successful teams normally have. And you need to lead, uh, address those kind of issues, you will deliver very good results. But we, what we have seen in practice is that there are teams with very different characteristics. They are delivering uh, very different teams, but they deliver equally impressive results. But at the same time, we have seen nearly identical teams, sometimes teams in the same organization, even with overlapping members, but one team performs very well and the other team just delivers uh, results as nowhere near the other team. So what that means is that the kind of a traditional approach to creating high performance teams is not, not really working. We need to find an alternative perspective to help organizations to consistently uh, create teams that will deliver exceptional results. So that's why we are doing this project. Great. And we're specifically addressing the digital working environments aren't they in your yes. and this is uh, the digital obviously is a very important part of that because today technologies are very widely used in all organizations these are not just about teams with uh, in dispersed locations members in different parts of the world the, even teams at the same location are increasingly supported by digital technologies so this is very much part of the way we work and digital technologies allow people to work in ways we couldn't imagine only a few years ago. I think this kind of new capabilities are increasingly incorporated in the way teams work. Great. And so in terms of the key findings, we don't want to give away too much, but, you know, we do want to encourage people to download uh, the report and, and really take some time to read it because it's fascinating in terms of how you've approached uh, the new age of collaboration and, and teams, but could you give us some of the headlines in terms of uh, key takeaways from, from your research uh, that's contained in the report? Um, 
look at the previous studies, and also based on some of the empirical work I did for this report, we have identified a very long list of factors. Those factors can be classified into two groups. One group, can, you can call them psychological factors or cultural factors. These are really the kind of soft issues to do with the way people work with one another, the way people engage with one another, the rules of the game, especially the unwritten rules of the game. And the other set of factors are really the structural issues, you know, how teams are formed, the rules and responsibilities, reporting lines, and, and you know, how people relate to one another, the structural aspects. And most previous uh, guidances have been published by, uh, by both academics and practitioners are about highlighting those kind of issues and addressing those issues and in order to increase your opportunity of creating high performance teams. But that approach has not delivered a consistent results. That's why we started, you know, for this report, we look at uh, a different perspective. We call that team to market. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, team to market basically is rather than just looking at those kinds of factors. The important thing is that the environment is highly uncertain. Very often we don't really know where we are going and how we are going to get there. So with this kind of uncertainties, simply having a checklist approach and identify those factors and address them in a team is not really going to work. What business leaders increasingly need to do is really to set the parameters for the team set expectations, then empower them to calibrate the way they do things, they recruit and retire members and align resources and deploy technologies. And the objective is really to maximize results or impact, both from a business perspective and also from the uh, perspective of the members. They, uh, they, they work and the way they work, uh, do things with one another need to be meaningful to the team members. You know, by doing that, I think you, can, you are far more likely produce results that's going to be uh, to maximize business uh, impact and also uh, improve the quality of life for the members. And one other uh, very important point I think uh, emerged from the research is that um, teams and also the projects most teams are working on go through a life cycle. Actually, during different stages of the life cycle, the requirements are very often very different. Say for example, when a project is about to start or just started, you are really bouncing off ideas with one another. You want a flexible structure. You want people to encourage people to come up with ideas, to challenge each other, to debate about those kind of issues, to come up with the best ideas. But when you progress to a later stage, the execution stage, for example, you probably don't want too many disagreements. You want people to get on with their job and they are, make sure they are dependable, they deliver what they, they should be delivering. And efficiency and productivity becomes far more important. So during those times, I think the, the uh, discipline and the, the structure, the clear rules and responsibilities become far more important. So what that means is the teams, even for the same team working on the same project, they need to evolve, they need to collaborate, uh, to calibrate their, the, the team dynamics in order to maximize results. So team to market allow teams to do that. Great, and you mentioned in your report also that the gap is, I suppose, closing in on, on email as a, you know, from messaging is, is really chasing the tail of, uh, of, of email now in, in workplace. Do you believe that it will catch up? 
do you or do you think it's always going to be complementary to email? At the moment, it's very much complementary, uh, but uh, uh, things are changing. I think changing quite rapidly in some organisations. Uh, emails has uh, has been uh, used for a very long time. People are familiar with how it works, but channel-based communications are on the rise, partly because uh, it overcomes many traditional constraints with the emails. Say, for example, you have a permanent searchable record of what's going on. It, it, uh, for a team, when you recruit a new member, once the member joins the team, they immediately have access to historical data, the knowledge base uh, within the team. So they, you can help bring them up to, to speed very quickly. And organizations increasingly use, not, on, you know, not only recruit their own members, they also use external service providers. When those people are contributing to your teamwork, uh, they need to be brought uh, up uh, to speed very quickly. I think you know, the, the channel-based communications allow you to do that. Um, channel-based communications all, uh, also allow you to perhaps uh, to understand the way people uh, work and the way people work with each other with far greater transparency. Obviously, that, that transparency can potentially be abused, but it's really up to the team to decide how you make use of those data. If you know how people are working, you can identify issues, you know people are burning out, you can, you can uh, take proactive measures to address those issues. But equally, those factors, can, those uh, new intelligence can be abused to keep an eye on, on people. And you know, when people feel they are constantly monitored, it can potentially overwhelm people and that actually can have a detrimental impact on people's productivity. Yeah, it's really interesting. You almost kind of got a channel culture, haven't you, in a, in a way, forming. But you, you, you go into culture quite a lot in the report as well, don't you, around, uh, I suppose, the team behaviour and, and, and the expectations of, of a team. Uh, could you expand on that a little bit in terms of what you found, the cultural impact of using channels? Uh, there are a number of points uh, in this area. One is that there's a clear, fairly clear um, generational gap. You know, the younger generation, they grown up with instant messaging and then they are very comfortable with this. Whereas the older generation, my generation, for example, we, you know, we, we, we still rely, rely very heavily on emails. For me, working in a university, obviously we work with lots of young people. And uh, you know, they use uh, tools like Slack, Teams, and other, other collaboration, uh, you know, channel-based communications for their group work. Whereas when they communicate with us, you know, email is still the dominant form, uh, form of communication. But this is changing because in our personal lives, even the older generation are using channel-based communication about messaging services uh, more and more. And so this is re increasingly reflected in the way people work. And another aspect of this is really about, you know, when it talks about culture, it's really about the unwritten rules of the game. And these are, this, the unwritten rules in the organization that could be the team or the wider organization is very often very different from the written rules. But it is, it's, how, it's the unwritten rules that determines how people uh, engage with, with one another. It, it determines people's behavior. And understanding those unwritten rules and managing those unwritten rules and changing those unwritten rules are very difficult. And they did require management attention. You know, lead, business leaders really need to pay attention to those issues and make sure those things are aligned with the objectives of the, the organization. 
That's really interesting you say that because as I was reading your report, you, t you talked about hierarchy within teams and within even channels, for example. Uh, what, I what I could do with understanding more around is, is, is there a hierarchy within a, a, a digital team channel, for example? Uh, and what's most effective? Is it a, a flat hierarchy or, or should there be a manager governing that channel? What do you think? I think uh, in the last few years, actually in, in the last couple of decades, uh, there have been a lot of talks about uh, new forms of organization, that, you know, especially high, uh, organizational form that's, that's non-hierarchical. But in reality, uh, most non-hierarchical organizational forms don't scale very well. And what I have found is that hierarchy still plays a very big part in teams, even in digitally supported teams, whereas roles and responsibilities need to be clarified. And hierarchy remains the most effective organizational form. What I have found is the most effective teams, the most productive teams, they will selectively adopt new features to address traditional problems with hierarchy, but not abandoning hierarchy completely. And this is, you know, especially for virtual teams, when people are located in different time zones and different uh, uh, continents, I think this hierarchy, uh, hierarchy is actually really important because you, you have clear responsibilities and relations, and that resolves a lot of potential conflicts. Yeah, it's interesting when I think about using Slack or any one of the other spaces, teams, channel-based applications, I, I wonder how you would apply governance to a channel in in a digital space uh, is uh, that I think, looked into or not, or not? Uh, well it's uh, i think even for in, in a channel i think this kind of uh, the formal hierarchy plays a part in formal channels and even when you do not have this official formal hierarchies informal pecking orders always emerge uh, over time I think that those informal uh, packing orders actually play a very big part in this. You know, natural leaders emerge, and the you know the packing orders in a, in a group is always going to play a role uh, in the background. Uh, so I, I don't think that the, the the hierarchy has been eliminated by uh, by channel-based communications. But having said that, channel-based communications does allow more horizontal communications. You know, if you want to voice your views, this is much easier than the traditional hierarchy so it's a yeah i think that's the, the point i'm making is that is quite interesting you you would naturally inherit the hierarchy from outside the digital channel but right. to establish it within the channel yeah uh yeah i, I yet to see a feature from one of the technology vendors uh, like mm -hmm. black to, uh, to to always create that um that guess, you know, end of the day uh, uh, slack or teams or many other collaboration technologies they are tools it's up to the team to decide how you're going to make use of that. I think many of the traditional aspects of team working and the way people work with each other, they will be reflected in the new way uh, of working. And yeah. the technology simply offer people more flexibility to address those kind of issues. You can explore new ways of working. That doesn't mean you abandon everything uh, traditional and go completely new. Um, actually, experience has shown uh, organizations adopted radical forms of organization very often abandon that after a while because you know it's uh, it, it's not coming naturally to people very often so yeah. you know they revert back to hierarchy perhaps with 
uh, more horizontal communications, more flexibility, uh, encouraging people to voice their views more frequently. Uh, so it's, it's a more flexible hierarchy, but it's still a hierarchy. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Uh, I, I love the, the report. It's, it's fascinating and, and it's very, it's an easy read uh, you know, in terms of it's, it's a light read. It's not too intense. Uh, I would certainly recommend the listeners or viewers uh, to certainly download the report. Um, in, in terms of going forward, and just to, in my final question for you, Pang, while we're on the line, is just ask you about the future and what you expect to see coming up. Because you do mention in your report um, future research and that that could potentially uh, address geographical separation, time zone differences, and organizational boundaries. And, and so I was just interested to hear your viewpoint on how do you see the uh, the marketplace for Slack and, and other vendors evolving over the next uh, few years. Technologies are still developing rapidly. They are, you know, by when they develop, they give teams new capabilities. You know, some of the capabilities we probably could not even conceive, imagine today. And those capabilities will give us more flexibility in the way we work. Uh, one thing I think that's really important is that today, even today, is that uh, traditionally, we see problems of distance, people in different time zones. Uh, you know, we, we see those things as barriers to overcome. Digital technologies allow organizations to overcome those, those barriers. But uh, we can go one step further because technologies allow us to exploit those things as new resources for value creation. For example, if you are, we are located in different time zones, we have already seen examples where organizations, they have offices in different continents. What that means is that they are able to support customers around the clock because you always have someone during their working hours. They are there in the office. So when, when problems happen, you can you can you know someone is online to help you, and uh, and it also means you can organize your activities uh, differently. Say so for example, if you have a global design team, you know one team can start working in Australia or in China or in Japan. Uh, during their daytime, and before end of the day, they can pass on their design work to the team in Europe. And then, you know, before the European team goes uh, home in the evening, uh, late afternoon, they can pass the work on to the American team. Uh, so, and so, what you are ending up with is really you are designing products that not only taking into account of the, the differences in, in different continents globally, but more importantly, you are actually passing that around the clock. You know, it's around the globe, 24-hour design. As, as a new concept, you can, you can reduce the, the, the lead time from design to the delivery. You can take into account of the differences of, of different culture, different markets. And so in that sense, this is a new capability. It's a new resource, strategic resource. You really need to exploit that. And uh, with new technologies growing, we have new capabilities. I think many of those issues will become come to the forefront. And organizations who can effectively exploit those new opportunities will benefit enormously. And that's why we, I was arguing team to market could become a really important source of competitive advantage. If you can consistently deliver high performance teams that maximize impact for the organization, but also take into account of the benefit to the employees, to the team members, and that you are more likely to achieve better results than your competitors. And this will be reflected in your performance. Indeed, this is a very valuable read for 
any small or large businesses and, and certainly an interesting read for any business looking to either manage or deploy remote teams in, in this modern era. Uh, and Slack is a great example of, uh, of team collaboration software. Um, so I, I'd like to thank you Fung, for uh, getting, jumping on the call today and meeting with me to talk to, to me about uh, uh, Team to Market. It's a great report. I'll put the URL up on the screen so our, our listeners and our viewers can, can download the report uh, from the internet. Uh, but thank you very much. Fascinating speaking to you today. I wish you all Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Phil. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.